Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Talking from the heart. Today with John Pillman. John Pillman. Kaya FM 95.9. Hey, good evening to you, Afropolitans. It's six minutes past six. Welcome to the commercial station of the year. You're going to be listening to the news and actuality show of the year. Yes, I had to say that. Tonight we talk about the elections, but we're going to talk about something that I think hasn't been as clear as it should be, given its importance. It's very, very much part of the conversation that many South African voters, many more than before, are undecided about how to vote. And the numbers are not the issue, from my mind. The real issue is what are people undecided about? Because it seems to me that those uncertainties are not just uncertainties about the election and about who to vote for. They are profound and deep uncertainties about our country as a whole. And they're emotional and they're material and they are very, very important. So tonight on Kaya FM 95.9, a special two-hour show where we talk to undecided voters about undecided voters and we engage six political parties to see if in two hours they can win some of the undecideds over who knows welcome to the show today with john pullman winner of the best news and actuality show at the 2019 liberty radio awards see i didn't really have to say it but I couldn't help myself. Um, Okay, let's get straight into the show. Let me give you an idea of the structure and how we're going to do this. We're going to start off talking to the voters. If I set the scene for you, we're in one of the big rooms here at Kai FM. It's a sizable audience, but it's not a massive town hall. I think we're having a more intimate conversation than that. We'll talk to the undecideds for a while. We'll give them a chance to express their views. I'm going to introduce you to four of them. There are others in the audience who will join in. The political parties are sitting. They all have pens and paper, and they're taking notes. And then they're going to join us. We're going to do this in a structured way, just to let you know which parties are with us. The African National Congress, the Good Party, the United Democratic Movement, the Encarta Freedom Party, COPE and the Democratic Alliance. We extended an invitation to the EFF. They said they were unable to send someone. They have some big marches tomorrow, but then later said they may come later in the show. So if they come, they will join in at the moment. We have six very important political parties. We will give them in two groups of three a chance to really hold the floor and engage back. And we're going to do as much as we can to get as much conversation as we can. But let's start talking to our undecideds, who were not undecided about being with us, which we're very delighted to uh, uh, acknowledge. Mandisa Sotkoza is 31 and from Soweto, works in Santon, and is a first-time voter. Very good evening to you and welcome. I want to ask you, um, you voted ANC last time round, this time you're not so sure. The fact that you're still unsure would suggest that the rest of the people taking part in uh, election idols, shall we say, are not getting your vote either. What is your overall view about the opposition parties? Why has none of them as yet managed to win your heart and your vote? The issue is um, from the other oppositions, from one end, one is more concerned about pointing fingers at another. Yes. And so there's no solutions based. Um, and then the other becomes too emotive. And we cannot have a society whereby we are driven by emotion because a few things that are logical and concrete can actually come to fruition through that. Yes. And the others, I'm actually not even clear what their mandate is and what they really want to do. So 
yes as people it we, we are very quick to act to emotive situations and we want to jump to that because that speaks to us right but, um truthfully speaking uh, that doesn't get business done so zugo um a couple of notes that I have about you. One is that I understand your parents vote for the same party at each election, um, but have encouraged independent thinking among their children. Uh, th- that, that was something you shared with our producers. Tell us a little bit more about that. Did they always just say, make up your own mind, listen with a critical ear? What was the conversation? Um, I think my parents have always um, encouraged us to be active in terms of understanding um, the direction in which this country is going and to also be interested in knowing um, what um, happens in politics. So um, they, they've always encouraged us to, to, to be interested in politics because they always say that it is, politics is very important to every person's life. Everything that you do is all about politics and the yes. decisions that are made. So um, they've always encouraged all of us to, 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 to have our own independent thought in terms of what we want the direction of this country to be. So, voting for the third time, if, if you're happy to share, who got your vote first two times? Uh, first two times. So, first two times, the first time I voted, I voted for the, the ruling party. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it was purely based on, my, um, on, on just my research and on how they liberated us and how um, peers as well, they, they, there, was a, there was a very big influence from my peers that this is the party that... Um, that that we must stick with these guys no matter what these guys are going to take us to the promised land and then um, the second time around uh, my vote changed can't particularly say which one which party I voted okay. for um, and part the, and part of the reasons for that was to um, use my voice to 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 change the narrative which was um, that the, the 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 ANC government is not doing enough to to, to, to solve the problems of this country and um, just putting enough pressure on them um, by not giving them in, complete power and um, just getting them to, to, to know that there are people that are not happy with what they're doing in this country. So it's interesting. Um, give us the years when you voted, first time vote. Was it national or local? Um, it was national and the second time was uh, municipal. So, so 2014, 2016, you cast yes, your vote? Yes, yes. Okay, great. Thanks. We're starting to get a picture here. Lusanda voting for the first time in 2014, national elections. I'm interested. You gave 2016 a miss. <laughs> why? Unfortunately, I wasn't in the country then, okay. so I couldn't vote. So okay. No, that's why. Okay, so 2014, you voted for the ANC. You, conf- you said you were... C- uh, these are the notes I'm getting about you, and you can tell me if they're, if they're spot on. They usually are. I was confused in 2014, and I'm even more confused now. Tell us about that five-year period. What's gone on for you? So I come from a very... Um, my parents are very strong and very believe so much in the ANC. So I remember having a conversation with my dad day before we were voting and he literally sat down with me and said, Lusanda, all the opportunities that you have, the schools that you've gone to, the life that you're living now are sacrifices that uh, ANC afforded you. So this is the reason I voted for ANC. And I have been undecided only because I've been bombarded with so many ads and so many parties, uh, political parties promising the same thing. There's one that focuses just on infrastructure. There's one that focuses on jobs. There's one that focuses on education. Um, There's one that focuses on everything but the delivery has not been um, so successful over the past years 
So that's where the confusion rises from. So, so the message to the political parties is, if you could all just keep quiet, Lucinda could make up her mind. Stop bombarding her. Of course, Maybe. You, 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 could, you could switch off your radio. I mean, yep. if, if there was a single issue that you were to pick out that you want to hear something really clear and something very uh, focused on, what is that issue? What for you is, is the decisive issue, if indeed there is one? Maybe, or maybe you vote on personalities as well. Um, as a young professional and a student, I believe so much in education. And one of the conversations I had with my colleagues earlier today was that if only the implementation was done before we've had to vote, you know what I mean? If I could see the statistics of what education, or the, the, the number that the increase that has been implemented on education prior to us voting, prior to us being bombarded with all these adverts, then that would make my decision more clearer. Another thing is that the party that I voted for has promised education um, as a delivery, but the biggest movement in South Africa, the fees must fall, still happened under their leadership. That also confuses my decision till this day. Okay. Let's get an indication from the audience. Undecided voters, do not be undecided about putting up your hands. I'd love to hear from you. I want to start getting your views. I want to start testing uh, opinions other than the people we've got on our, our panel. We've got microphones. Uh, we're going to circulate them. So please get your hand up and, and indicate, and we'll get the microphone to you. Got a hand there already. Can we get, do we have a microphone handy? Hi. Tell us who you are and tell us a little bit about why you're undecided. Hi, my name is Kachiso Lakhotlo. Hi, welcome, Kachiso. Great, great, Mkaya. I have been came undecided due to the things that are currently happening, especially the stage capture, which is a treason trial that should happen, and political parties are tiptoeing around it. We look at the the minister Batabile has been implicated from the travel gates scandals. And they are quiet with it. So with that, for me as a voter, it very puts that justice and criminal recourses are not looked, they're not important to the current party that is leading or governing the, the country. Okay, so that's making you... How many times have you voted, Kakiso? I've voted probably six to... yeah. That's what I can say. Plenty of times. Yeah. And, and did the ANC get your vote in all those elections? Um, three times, and then I changed to UDM okay. because of the rural areas. My dad is from the northwest, and if the people from the rural areas are not taken for, I need to think about I can fend for myself here in Johannesburg. Right. But the rural people, if I'm not taken care of, we are just playing... So that brings me, me to my next question. You've voted plenty of times. You've already uh, shared your vote between two parties now, albeit unequally. What, if, if, if you're dissatisfied with the ANC, why are the other parties unable to win you over? Because it would seem to me that they're not as appealing as they should be to you either. Okay. What I've learned, John, through these times is that the new upcoming parties are just becoming salaries for the people that are starting parties. So these people are going to parliament for salaries. If we had minimum wage and say to all those who are going to parliament should be earning money based on the outcomes they have produced. I think our political uh, people that are going to public office 
would actually be working for the country than to working for their stomachs because they were very quickly to criticize yes. when they are not on the table so when they are on the menu now they start to see opportunities of what needs to be done for the people but when they were eating you know when you eat you have got menaces but when you don't have food you become rowdy so what's interesting for me, Afropolitans, and this is not something new, and I think it's something for um, our guests uh, from the various political parties to consider, and I'm sure they're not hearing this for the first time. It seems to me that there is a disillusionment with politicians in general. And I'm not saying that's with everybody, and I'm not saying it's with all politicians, and I'm not saying it's in every single corner of the country. But in my time at Kaya, and I'll be 12 years old as an Mkaya in, in, in a couple of weeks' time, on the 1st of May, I have heard that as part of the conversation much, much more with each passing year. So that's something to think about. 20 past 6, we're going to come back and we're going to welcome three political parties to uh, the seats up here in the front. Um, thank you to all of our undecided voters. Your participation is not over. Please feel free to put your hands up. You've got us going, and I appreciate that. We're going to bring you back for the last 20 minutes, and we'll see if there has been any improvement in your undecided condition. But later for that one, let's uh, hand over uh, to the team for some commercial news, and we'll be right back with our political party guests. Stay with us on 95.9. Share your views using the hashtag 2019 election on Kaya. 25 minutes past six on Kaya FM 95.9, the commercial station of the year. We are having an election conversation about a hugely important issue, the question of undecided voters. And we have undecided voters with us. We're delighted they decided to come and be with us. We've had the political parties, and I have to say credit to all of them, listening very intently, paying attention, listening to what's being said, taking notes. Let's welcome three of them. We'll welcome another three of them uh, when we uh, go into our second hour. By the way, um, this is a two-hour show. It's, we thought it deserved... Uh, some extra time and if you do find yourself away from a radio follow us on www.kifm.co.za we are live streaming let's welcome our guests then first of all joining us from the good party sam shabane is goods provincial coordinator in gauteng mr shabane welcome to kifm 95.9 good evening john thank you very much for having us here as good the good party Joining us as well from the United Democratic Movement, the UDM, Yongama Zigebe is Secretary of the UDM Youth Guard, uh, Youth Vanguard, I beg your pardon, for Gauteng. Uh, Mr. Zigebe, thank you and welcome to you. Thank you, John, and thank you to your listeners at home. And, 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 join, and joining us from the African National Congress, the ANC is one of the members of the National Executive Committee, Ronald Lamulo. Welcome to you. Thanks for your time. Thank you, John, and to the listeners of KFM. So what I'm going to ask each of the political parties to do is in one minute pitch themselves to undecided voters. You've heard what some of their concerns are. I'm going to ask them to tell us why those concerns would be best allayed on the 8th of May by giving them their vote. I'm going to do this in alphabetical order. However, I'm going to go backwards. So we'll start with the UDM. Uh, instead of the ANC. Mr. Zigebe, would you like to go first? In one minute, tell an undecided voter who either doesn't know your party well or thinks they know about you but have misunderstood who you are. Tell us why they should give you their vote. All right. Uh, thank you very much, John. And thank you to the undecided voters who will be decided by the end of today. <laughs> um, 
All right. The UDM has demonstrated integrity um, amongst its members and leadership and in the community. And we have made sure that in every sphere of our community that we give dignity to the people of South Africa. And we also dream of a, of, um, a South Africa whereby every South African is living a life of prosperity. And those are our three guiding pillars, which is integrity, dignity and prosperity. If you want to live in that space and after the 8th of May to be uh, uh, to have a, lead, a leadership of integrity and live in dignity and prosperity, you should vote for the UDM. Okay, well, you did that in 45 seconds. So uh, this is not a race, by the way. So, Mr. <laughs> Shabane, for good, next, over to you. Uh, one minute if you can. Thank you, John, and uh, good evening to the listeners and uh, thank you to um, the undecided voters for coming and listening to the good movement. Uh, for us, we have... Um, we, it's a new party. We're a new party, and we have not done anything as yet, you know, in this country. But however, we've got leaders that are capable um, in the leadership of Patricia DeLille, who in Cape Town, she has proven that she is the leader that can take the country to the next level. She is the leader that um, can, you know, resolve the issues of this country. For instance, if you look at the Cape Town, how it was run, she's brought the policies that she's been using into the Cape Town to develop Cape Town to uh, create the 61,000 jobs, which is probably about, it's about 20% of all the jobs that were created in this country, that, that those were done there in Cape Town. And if you look at the infrastructure seconds. Um, that were done in Cape Town, she was the, the, the brainchild of that. So Cape Town, to be where it is today, it is the brainchild of uh, Patricia Delel. So she's here to say, let us uh, join hands as good people Come and let's develop this country and take it to the next level. Ronald Lamula, for a minute. Uh, people know the ANC, I'm sure, but you, you have an opportunity to talk to undecided voters and pitch your party. Over to you. Thank you for the opportunity and to the undecided voters. The ANC has been tested in implementation. And uh, we have been able to grow the South African economy. We have also been able, from 1994, we had less than 9 million people employed. Today is more than... 16 million South Africans employed. But there is still a challenge of unemployment because the population growth is more than the level of economic growth and the level of job creation, which is a challenge which we must acknowledge and we need to resolve. We have also been able to help in terms of our education. I've heard Lusanda speaking on higher education. Fees have fallen for 750,000 students in higher education. The, the, the fact that there has been a fees must fall movement does not mean that there was no intervention. NFSAS has been there. 15 with seconds. With regard to the state capture, the Commission of Inquiry is attending to that. The president has been very clear and appointed the head of the NPA. And they said all enforcement agencies must do their job without fear and favor. Okay, well, one thing all three parties, and this is not an acid test uh, of whether you should vote for them, but I said to them, you have a minute. And boy, did they stick to a minute. I wish all my guests was disciplined. Thank you for that. <laughs> now, this is probably unfair because between them, they've only had three minutes. But let's just get a show of hands. Undecided voters, who's still undecided? Okay. Is any undecided voter after that admittedly very short burst of political uh, uh, ideas, anyone who is no longer undecided? 
Okay, fair enough. We have some work to do. All right, let's let's get let's get on to the issues then. We we heard Mr. Shabani, and I'll give you another chance to expand on this more fully, uh, Mr. Lamula, because um, Lusanda raised issues uh, around higher education. Zugo uh, raised or, or around education broadly. Uh, Zugo raised concerns around education broadly as well. So let's get into that as an issue and see where our guests take us with that. Good on education. What are you going to do? On education, we're saying we need to train our teachers. We need to ensure that the basic, you know, where entry level is on education, we need to ensure that we formalize those structures because now we're seeing issues that are happening in, you know, crashes where teachers are un- uh, not trained, that are unskilled, but because they need a job, they, they are employed. So we need to ensure that we formalize those structures. We need to ensure that and entry level, basic educations, when you start, like, for instance, in grade one, we need to ensure that we introduce technology there because we've, we've realized that kids, in, in small kids, are able to interact with technology better than when they are adults. So yes. when you introduce technology at that level, then you are able to grip the mind of a child and you're able to introduce you know even complex issues that they can solve in mathematics and physics so when you do that on a basic level then you are able to you know grow the child um, you know as they as they go into, into their education levels okay so technology in the early years of education what's the UDM's uh, big educational selling point over to Mr. Zigebe it is very problematic that whenever there's a new minister in, 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 in government, especially of, of basic education, then the syllabus changes. That should stop. We should have a set um, uh, uh, syllabus for all times, and f- from there we, 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 um, we, we, you know, we, we improve it as it goes, not to change. For instance, I'm uh, seated here. I went through types of syllabuses throughout yes. my, grade, my grade 1 till grade 12. And especially when it comes to OBE, I got confused a lot. And I, I did not even know. Then I went to FET or something like that. And it got more confusing. So we are saying as a UTM that should stop. And we, because what, 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 what happens is when our young people get to grade 12, that's when now we've, we've got a problem. Grade 11 and grade 12, they do not know where to go and what to do. That should stop. That's what we are saying. Every minister should come from, to a basic policy of education and syllabus and that should be developed as we go because we, we live in, a, in an evol- evolving society and we, uh, we are going to a fourth IR right now or we are yes. in the fourth IR in a very small, smaller scale. That's when now we have to introduce these things. However, also um, what we are saying is from grade one we should inculcate a culture of skills development in, in, in our schools. Let, let it not be a, a case whereby I have to stay in school for 12 years for me to be able to be skilled in order to assemble a cell phone. Okay. Because if you put a Chinese kid here today and my grade 7 uh, a brother, then there's a huge difference. So we are saying that there should be some skills in, uh, inculcated from that young age so that when they come out of school, it's either they do, they do go to university or else they start their own businesses because that's where unemployment will be, will, uh, will, will be fought. If we have skilled people and young people who knows what to do. On, on, on higher education, yes. we support the fee-free education because we know for effect that um, education you know it 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 it, 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 it imbibes a lot of um, it, it contributes to a larger population when it comes to text so now what was what 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 we want is there should be free education 
to each and every South African. But okay. how that's supposed to be happening, yes. not through NSFAS, because NSFAS has been a home for maladministration, corruption, and, and, and jobs for, for those who are, who, who are leaders of, and, and, and managers of that. So we're saying that there should be... A, we, we are, we are, oh... Okay. No, no, that's fine. I think we've got a, a strong sense of the UDM's position on education. Can we get some hands up from people in the audience? I'm going to be coming back to other undecided voters we haven't yet heard from to put more issues on the table. Ronald Lamula, education, um, the ANC, you've got a chance. If people are undecided because of what you say on education or what you do, here's your chance to turn that around. Over to you. Yeah, I agree with him that we are living in an evolving global society. So if the global society is evolving, you can't have a static education program. I agree that it must not be a chop and change. But education system must also respond to the global economic setup. And uh, for example, the, the, the education system we had in '94 was geared for a few and was aimed to only produce teachers from the black community. We had to move gradually to introduce technical skills and so forth at the basic level. And as we speak now for the past 10 years, we have had one minister of basic education. And there has been steady improvement. I mean, in the past five years, we have built about 510 schools. The level of the output from the education system is improving from the last results. And for the first time, the, the education system, particularly the public education system, has been able to outstrip or outperform the, the private uh, kind of education. And the minister is currently in the process of integrating both systems so that we have one education system for all. Okay, let's do another poll. Who, ha who is no longer undecided? Nope. Okay, well, we've been going 40 minutes. We don't expect to turn this round. Uh, we've got another hour and 20 minutes to try and turn you around. Okay, so there's some, some things that people still need to hear. They want greater clarity on. Who is undecided and wants to put another issue on the table by telling us what you're undecided about? Ma'am, I can see you there. Uh, yes, thank you. Can we get a microphone to the woman in the glasses and the brown dress? Introduce yourself. Tell us why you're undecided. Good evening. Good evening, John. Uh, my name is Ricky Minyuku, and I have been a voter since 1994. I turned 18 in 1994 and was in the queues in our first elections, and I have voted in every election since. Wow. Um, I am undecided this year because, as a woman, I don't feel that our political parties are listening to half of the population of South Africa. Um, we've seen an increase of women coming out on the streets and talking about the issues that they would like to see addressed. In reading all of the manifestos, the political parties have jumped on the bandwagon of gender-based violence, but they're not talking about the underlying causes of gender-based violence. They're not talking to women who are the creators of development in society. They're not talking to women who are at the forefront of some of the problems that we have in society. Yes. And we are the people who know what the problems are and what the solutions are. I don't see the parties talking to women, listening to women, or speaking on behalf of women. I would like to hear a party really give solutions um, beyond we're going to address gender-based violence. Okay, so this might be cheating and unfair on the political parties, aren't you? But I'm going to ask you to do it anyway. So people hear you and they say, Vicky, can, can you come and give us some guidance? We are concerned about women's issues, but clearly we're not touching the critical issues that you believe are the underpinning that, that, that take this beyond sentiment. What, if, if I could ask you to name the three most important interventions that might 
help us to make some headway against the scourge? Where, where, would, you, where would you take us? Well, I mean, I think one of the first things that needs to happen, and women represent how political parties engage with society in general, which is listening to women. So the women's assemblies and engagement that is happening all over the country where women are raising their issues and are saying, for example, that we need uh, economic development that is favored towards women. When we understand that development, social development comes from the investment of women, we should be making sure that money stays in the pockets of women. And that's not happening. Um, we need to be looking at employment for women. Yes. Um, and we need to be looking at employment that allows people to be in the workspace in, in a comfortable sense. So right now, women, um, although we have the statistics and the numbers through employment equity, women are not going into the workspace in a way that they're able to achieve the best of themselves as women and then able to contribute back into their households, their children, their communities, which is primarily a responsibility that's based, that's, that women face. Okay, so what I'm going to do after the break is I'm going to ask the three political parties to tell us why, for someone who's concerned about women and their position and plight in South Africa, what their party's going to do about it. But I'm going to set one condition. If anyone uses any of Vicky's ideas and your party never thought of it before, you have to fess up. You can't say, oh, we thought about that too. Um, but in all seriousness, we'll come back on that women's issue. For the other undecided voters who are with us here at KFM, the special two-hour show, please start thinking about issues you want to put on the table. What in your mind is making you undecided and i think we can start generating ideas by the way not just for this election not just for the political parties but the great thing about good elections with good politicians genuinely concerned is that you develop ideas that a society can implement irrespective of which party had the idea i don't expect anyone to do that before the 8th of may but certainly after the 8th of may we can all get back to the business of trying to build a meaningful uh, democracy politically and e economically and socially this is kai fm we're back in a moment. Elections 2019 on Kaya FM, the informed choice. Okay, Afropolitans, welcome back. We are talking about undecided voters. We are talking with undecided voters, and we're engaging with six political parties. At the moment, we have the ANC uh, with Ronald Lamula, we have the UDM, and we have the Good Party, uh, all engaging with the questions that have come up uh, earlier from our panel of undeciders, but also from people who are on the floor. So, the question of women. Ronald Lamula, you went last, last time. Go first this time on women and the ANC. Thank you. You can accuse us of everything, but not of listening. The president, when there was a march by the gender-based uh, community at the union building, he had to abandon some of his programs to go and listen to them and convene a summit of women. A week ago, he opened the sexual offenses court to resolve some of the issues. But it's not only that. In the past five years, the IDC has spent almost 9.6 billion in women uh, companies, which created almost 15,000 jobs in the country. Because as the ANC, we understand that the gender issue is not only an issue with regard to violence, but it's also a structural problem in society. So for you to empower society, you need to ensure that women are finding the mainstream of the economy. And there are various examples of women who have, who have been supported by the IDCs and various FDIs to create jobs. I can give you an example, Kala Manufacturers, which has created many jobs, about 29 jobs, and there's a lot of them, and in various FDIs. So the ANC government is very clear about the role of women. But it's not only in that, even in terms of the employment equity, there has been a steady progress. Although it might not be enough, 
but there are various women in the various sectors of our economy who are playing a role in senior positions either in government or in the private sector because of the policies that we've put forward and i think it's clear that we are moving towards reaching a particular point in society where there will be equality in terms of gender but we have already started at the political level from ourselves and even in government and on that we listen to the to the people of this country though we believe we are at least moving progressively and the president has responded with the sexual offenses court last week that is a clear sign of listening from the summit that happened i think it was around december sam shabane good uh, you, you have a women leader, but what are you going to do uh, to address some of the problems that Vicky detailed and I'm sure many other undecided voters are concerned about? Yeah, yeah thank you. And I think um, I'm, I'm, I appreciate the question that you asked in, with regards to women because, as you mentioned, we've got a woman president. If, if good were to be elected today as the leading party or the, the governing party, we'll have the first woman president in this country. And one other thing that we also advocate is that um, looking at the bottom, you know, we're saying uh, poverty um, is the face uh, or women is the face of, the, of poverty. So most women, when you look at them in the, in the homes, they represent poverty. And what we're saying is that most of them are because of, you know, they're being, uh, you know, abused and they are being, uh, you know, uh, abandoned and some of them are left out because of skills. So we're saying skilled women. If there are women that are not unskilled, you know, we've got 100% in the industry of welding. Women are not, you know, represented there. We've got um, in most... Um, uh, um, in most professions, women are not represented. So we're saying as, as the good party that women need to be skilled and women need to be, you know, moved and elevated from poverty levels and to be, you know, moved up with um, uh, the men. And from the top, we're saying we need to stop the triple BE, uh, you know, actions of putting men first as the face. Now we need to start empowering women in those triple BE, you know, contracts. Where government has contracts, we need to ensure that only women um, or mostly m women must benefit from those contracts. And in, in, in when we start, you know, um, ensuring that jobs are created, women will be, you know, first looked into. So, for instance, we're advocating in terms of leadership. We're advocate, advocating in terms of education. We're advocating in terms of, uh, you know, uh, policy driving into this country. So we say women must be given an opportunity in terms of driving this country. Mr. Zikebe? All right, thank you very much, and thank you to the sisterhood raised that question. Under the UDM government, women will be empowered so that they may expand their economic and, and social participation through community-based projects and schemes. We are saying that some of the seaters, um, some of the seaters that are currently there, they are just there um, uh, so that money can be eaten and maladministration and corruption should um, flourish in this country. We are going to change those seaters into sector banks so that they are able to serve communities directly, especially those in rural areas. And we are saying that at the, at the core of those sector banks, it is the emancipation of women. It is the development of women. You may accuse us and say that the UDM has not done anything except for pointing fingers. But let me tell you something. Us betting on the wicket of uh, corruption has yielded a lot of results in South Africa. We have 
in some of the in some of the Eastern Cape, we have um, been part of government in some of areas in the Eastern Cape, and women have been at the at at, at the a priority in those cases. There are approaches that are running in KSD, there are approaches that are running in, M- in NMB, there are approaches that are running in KZN currently, which are led by women, and those things have been uh, 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 it, uh, they've been motivated by the UDM and also been spearheaded by the UDM. Okay, great. Right. Anybody out there who is no longer undecided? That, I saw a hand and then I realized that Kakiso was scratching his head. And now he's shaking his head. So he's still undecided. Okay. Now, uh, who's got a microphone? Who's got a contribution? Let's hear from you. Tell us who you are and let's keep the issues and the comments moving. Hi, good evening to you, ma'am. Welcome. My name is Tato Minyoko. Can I ask you just to hold the microphone nice and close and, and speak up as loudly as you can? Go no ahead. No problem. My name is Tato Minyoko. Um, I've been voting for probably the last 20 years since the second uh, democracy, uh, democracy election. Um, and I've, this is the first time when I'm actually unsure of what to vote for. And the main reason is that um, what I'm fighting for is one of the issues that has gone down in terms of priority, and that is the issue of disability. Yes. Um, and this is very important. Um, one of the things that is one of the things that needs to be worked on is that um, I'm aware that there's policies, bills, and acts available. However, the action plans have not been executed uh, appropriately. Um, and this also brings to the um, accountability to make sure that the government itself can assist people with disability. Um, this is personal for me, uh, as we are all aware of. Polit- political is actually personal. Yes. Um, yes, and this is something that um, leads to the reason why I cannot vote at this moment, because none of the parties um, had made disability a priority. Tell us in your previous voting history title, did you, did you give all your votes to the same party or have you jumped around and, and made choices? I have moved in the last um, national e- election. 2014, yeah? Yes, before it was, um, I was loyal to ANC. Okay. Um, but I needed to change it because I could see that there was a, a decrease in progress. It's interesting. So... You, you, you know what you're unhappy with, but you haven't heard from any of the contestants, and there's 48 parties in the election, uh, offering you anything that, that rings the bell on the issue that's, that's a burning one for you. Is that a fair summary? That is correct. Um, if you recall, after the SONA, um, the disability organization sent a letter to the president, um, and it was clear that his response was being aware and listening to what yes. we have to say, but there's no action Along okay. the way. Great, thanks. Let's take one more from the floor because there were lots of hands and I want to make sure we don't bank them up. I'm going to give pre- uh, precedence to people who haven't spoken yet, if you don't mind, and, and we'll have you back, uh, the, the four original panelists at the end of the show. So, yes, sir, go ahead. Welcome and tell us who you are. Good evening. My name is Lufefe Mayegis. <clears throat> I was just invited to this session. I wasn't asked whether I'm decided or not. My vote has decided. I just want to put that on record. You, you are a decided voter? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So, um... I'd, I'd prefer to hear from someone who's undecided, to be honest. Really? But Even though I've got... Okay, well, do make your point and I'll take okay. one more undecided. Okay, um, I'm a small business owner. 
mm-hmm. and I just feel like no party has has given enough attention to to small business. Okay. The ruling party introduced the small business ministry in the la- after the last e- national election, but uh, we haven't seen exactly what what work they're doing so so can i use your input to throw that as an issue out there because i'm sure out there possibly even in this room there are other people who feel that they're not hearing from any of the parties uh something substantial and persuasive on small business so can i can i steal your point and yeah, use it that's for that? fine. thank you very much one more undecided yes uh pass the mic down good evening ma'am welcome Hi, good Over evening. Uh, hi, Bumkaya. My name is Rufilo Mulepo. Um, I'm an undecided voter. I've started voting, I think I was 18. Okay. So I've voted um, about four times already. Okay. Um, so my, my biggest issue is the ethics aspect of um, the politicians' um, manifestos. None of them are, are actually giving us decisive... Um, pointers as to this is what we're going to do going forward to improve ethics. Um, for example, with everything that has gone on in the in the media, we found that there's been an erosion of ethics. In fact, ethics is not clear. People argue things that are supposed to be like it's obvious that that is a conflict of interest. But people would argue that and qualify that. And I. I find that none of them are addressing that to say this is what we're going to bring back. We are going to regenerate this or bring back morality and how are we going to do it. There's no follow through. There's a lot of impunity and you find that some of the political parties even encourage the impunity. You look at what's happening with the land grabs. There are people who are conducting the land grabs in the name of certain political parties. They do not stand up and say no, not in my name, but they are encouraging the impunity you know, which goes against the law. They may not be in government, but nonetheless, they are not saying anything, which means that they are agreeing that people can grab land or commit crimes in their name because they are not saying anything. And the other thing is also with your your ESCOMs, your uh, state-owned companies. Yes. You look at what's happening with ESCOM and the municipalities. There is a culture of non-payment. That culture is encouraged. There is no plan to say... How are we going to solve this? Everybody's saying it's a problem. We all see that it's a problem, but no one is addressing the issue. And I think people are tiptoeing around it in that we know that we have an unemployment issue, but how many people are, are, are indignant? How many have gone to the municipality and actually said that I'm indignant and this is the proof that I'm indignant? So it's just left out there. You have people that are paying, but the service delivery is not trickering through because the money is... It's, it's, it's not used for the right things even, you know. So I, I would want all the political parties to address how are they going to solve all of these, address it up, yes. up straight because they're not giving conclusive or decisive answers and to say this is what we're going to do by when. KPIs, yes. I would like to see an, an, a party which is going to say this is the KPI of my councillor. And this councillor has done or not done, and therefore we're getting rid of them. There's no such. There's no KPIs. Okay. Great. And that's probably why you're still undecided. Right. So there's three issues on the table. Um, four, 
our political parties. What we're going to do, because we must update Afropolitans about the roads, we're going to go to get the very latest traffic from Nosipo. We're going to give our three guests an opportunity uh, to think about those three issues and respond to them, and then we're going to swap them around for another three political parties. But let's get the roads sorted out, not the potholes, but the traffic movement at the very least. Here's Nosipo. You're listening to the Liberty Radio Awards Commercial Station of the Year, Kaya FM 95.9. Okay, welcome back to Kaya FM 95.9. It is 7 o'clock. We move into the second hour of our election discussion where we are looking at the issue of undecided voters. Please post your comments on the Today with John Pullman Facebook page. Follow me on Twitter, at John Pullman, and you can make your comments get back to, uh, for the last round, to the three political parties that we have, the African National Congress, the UDM and GOOD. On the issue of disability, um, Mr. Zagebe from the UDM, the disability question and what you might do about it. All right. Uh, thank you for that question. As the UDM, we believe in a principle of nothing for them without them. And so uh, we are going to give a voice to people living with disability in order for them to be a part of formation of laws, policies and regulations that apply to them. We're also going to make sure, but because if you go to uh, government departments, especially let, let alone private sector, you do not find um, those buildings accessible to people living with disabilities. And it's one of the things that we as the UDM, we are going to look, to look at to making sure that those, those buildings are accessible to people who are living with disabilities. And also transportation as well becomes a problem um, for people who are living with disabilities. And through uh, the Department of, of, of Transport, and um, uh, we are going to make sure that um, our public transportation, um, it is uh, accessible to People, people living with disabilities and also creating uh, job opportunities in terms of um, SMME development. It should be a priority when it comes to the formation of policies and, and regulations that relate to them. It is part of that to say that yes. these are the policies that would um, um, apply to them, then also that they can make sure that they fend for themselves and not wait for, for, for the 31st or the first of every month in order for them to, to get 1.4. And that is not a dignified amount to live in, um, especially in, 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 in today's world. Sam Shabane, good and disability issues? Um, for us as good, we do have activists that are disabled. And as a, as a result, we are now um, have introduced policies that are entrenched with the um, solutions for, for the, um, the blind people. We are saying, let the brailing uh, of, of documents for the blind people be made freely available. You know, in any uh, library, in any institution where blind people can go in and uh, access documents. For instance, we do have activists that are struggling to get documentation that are in, in braille. So we're saying as a, as a good party, we have those policies in place to look after those, you know, the blind people. And we're saying for those that are unable to walk, that, you know, the, the, the physically challenged, yes. we, we do have policies to ensure that each and every building that we have as government, we will have um, access for them uh, to access the buildings. And number two is we will ensure that we also, you know, because those people have been, have, have been undermined and those people have been left out because of their in inability to access or to, to get to the point of education, we are saying... Let us ensure that we enforce, um, you know, education for them in terms of skill, skills so that they can also be part of the, the society. Because we say, we always, you know, put them as 
the other people who are disabled. We right. always have labels for them. So we're saying as a good party, let us not have labels for, for the disabled people. Let us put them as part of us as we, as the good party, we're doing. We have people in, in us and we're not, we're not even yes. saying to that they are disabled. We're saying they are part of us and are, you know, in us as, as the good movement. Ronald Lamula, obviously as a government, the African National Congress has dealt with disability issues. What would you like to add uh, for our undecided voters tonight? Yeah, the, the, the president chaired a meeting of the working on, 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 on disability on the 26th of February following the State of the Nation address. And he also responded in parliament with regard to the mainstreaming of, in terms of the empowerment of uh, people living with disabilities and also giving them support. And the meeting did not only involve uh, the president alone, there were various ministers, but also the people living with disability as a section and as representatives of them who put various issues and one of the main issues was the was was the failure to implement uh, legislations and policies and the president committed government even cabinet that there will be a, a, a tracking of progress in terms of implementation to ensure that the policies are being implemented and also the various legislations that are, are there so that is a sign and a commitment that is there from government that the people with disabilities are a high priority to, to, to government because this has not only ended there, it also spoke about the various sectors which they must be able to be empowered in, in terms of access to education, health, and the various needs in, the, in, 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 in society, including in terms of uh, empowerment in the economy, which um, you will know there are various policies which we implement, which we have put forward, which are aimed to empower them, but there's not been really uh, implementation, including in terms of them uh, participating in business and various economic opportunities, and also in terms of employment in the various sectors of the economy. Okay, what I'm going to, because there, are, there is another two rounds of questions for this present panel, and I do want to uh, welcome soon the DA and the IFP to come up and join us. I'm going to ask you for the next round, if you can try and keep your answers to that one-minute mark that you did so brilliantly at in the beginning. <laughs> Let me just share with you, though, this on Facebook from Kingsley, who says, I'm yet to hear from a political party with a vision that we can all believe in and rally behind. I'm yet to hear from a political party that does not turn critical national issues such as land education and poverty into political fodder. I'm yet to hear from a political party that tackles historical challenges in a constructive and creative manner that doesn't necessarily divide us. I'm yet to hear from a political party that puts its faith in the youth by appointing them to key leadership positions in order to create platforms for new, fresh solutions and direction. You can uh, post your comments, Afropolitans, if you're not here with us on the Today with John Pillman Facebook page. Ronald Lamula, go again, if you will, please, on small business. 60 to 90 seconds, if you can do it. Yeah, we, in the past five years, have invested almost $7.9 to small businesses, and we have also developed policies aimed particularly at the small business sector, but also same with the other issues is the issue of failure of implementation which we acknowledge and is an issue which we are attending to in terms of resolving but we've also the president has signed the competition amendment act which is aimed to opening up the economy to include the various players particularly the small business level because the south african economy has been largely concentrated and been been been, been, been been blocked by people with monopolies in the various sectors of the economy which have abused their dominance so the competition amendment act is going to open up the economy so that small business is not only reliant on government procurement 
but also you can find creativity and innovation in the small business and they can play a role with their own IPs and intellectual properties. But we've also said that uh, there must be 30% set aside and that is the reason we're in the process of reviewing the Preferential Procurement Framework Act and the PFMA to ensure that it allows the 30% set aside for small business, to, for government also to stimulate their participation in the economy. Mr. Shabane, what's good for small business? Uh, we're saying as a good party that government can never create jobs. What we as government need to do is to ensure that we stimulate the economy so that small business like, like his, his business can start making money. So what we're saying is let as government, uh, let us um, develop infrastructure that are needed by the people that are relevant so that we can uh, help the small businesses to develop or to have you know, business and to, um, to start employing people. We're saying as a government, um, we will take the same strategy that Mrs. Delilah used in Cape Town, uh, you know, involving the, the, the private sector to be part of the economy development, to be part of um, the economy in, uh, in this country. So we're saying, let us not lie to people and say we will develop, we will create jobs, but let us help the small companies to, to develop, uh, to, to create employment. Great, thanks. And finally, Mr. Zigebe, the UDM, what will you do for small business? Uh, we believe that a creative business spirit and capacity can be fostered by identifying and overhauling obstacles like unnecessary legislation and regulations, creating access to capital, establishing access uh, markets for products and by appropriate education, training and skills development. We believe that there should be, um, small business should be assisted um, in, 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 in terms of finance um, and, and also open up the, our finance, um, innovative financing options for small businesses. We also believe in community development banks because that's where they'll be able to um, make their loans and transactions from and be able to grow and employ other people. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, well, I must say, everybody, whenever I set a, a limit on time, people are crisp and to the point. It's excellent. Now, I think the last question that was raised brings up all sorts of things. It was under the broad label of ethics, but I think it looked at ethics in leadership. It also looked at issues, I think, of responsibility in terms of people paying uh, the money that they, that, for the services that they have used and consumed. So broad questions, ethics, corruption, morality, the word moral morality was used, responsibility is a word I'm throwing into the mix. Mr. Zigebe, the UDM for 90 seconds, restoring the morality and integrity to our political and national life. Where would you guys start? We start in good governance because that's where everything lies. If ever we have good governance, then we are able to make sure that our officials uh, uh, the moral decay does not go out the window. And if we are in good governance, then we're make, making sure that there's no corruption which will affect um, each and every other person. Because if, the, if you are corrupt, then that means your ethics are questionable and all of that. So it starts from good governance. We're making sure that as a party, we, are, we have leaders of integrity, as, as I've said, and they can produce... Um, uh, uh, they, can, they can make sure that there's service delivery and every, uh, every other aspect of administration is, 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 in, is, 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 is in good governance. I, I'm going to have to push you on this one because this is not exactly a vote grabber. How are you going to get people to pay for their services? It's, um, 
remember that from 1994 there's been a promise of free 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 stuff right and it has been an echoing sound up until today that people will get free electricity free water and everything it comes back now to changing the mindset of our people and making sure that this becomes a social cohesion project whereby now we go back to our people to say our country is in trouble and it needs you to take it out of this trouble our municipalities are owing government um so now you need to pay rates in this manner then we find solutions with our people because at the end of the day if ever we do not go back to our people and speak to them we just speak over them then it becomes a problem we should make them part of the solution instead of making sure that we we become the program uh, the problem and they're only pointing at us great thank you uh mr shabane if you can speak on ethics and morality and please make sure how you're going to tell us how you're going to address the non-payment of bills uh, firstly, we are the only party that can boast um, a leader who has taken a corrupt person to, to jail. There's no other party that has done that. Shabir Sheikh went to jail because of corruption. So, uh, and and through, sorry, how is, through, how is this on the good pe- scorecard? Well, uh, Patricia DeLille was the first person oh, okay. to, to shout about you know, a corrupt individual, which is Shabir Sheikh. Okay. She's the first a d- one. A debate and the one, for another day, but the, the one do continue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So... So we say as the, as the good party, don't take corrupt officials to government. Take them to jail, straight to jail. That's what we're saying. And, and, you know, Presumably that's, that's via a, court, eh? Via court, yeah, yes. Good. But, you know, don't, don't create commissions because commissions are just a, 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 a process of delaying uh, justice for, you know, for, 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 for the country. So take them straight to jail and then, don't, you know, don't, don't waste your, uh, the... the um, the, the the country's money. Thirty seconds. How are you going to get people to pay? Um, firstly, you know, through taxes. Um, we we have to you know in any way have uh, you know to pay taxes so that we can contribute to the growth of this country. And secondly, we also have to ensure that the economy is not only reliant on the on the government but is also reliant on the public sector. So ensure that the public sector grows in, and they are able to you know contribute back into the economy so that we can have that circulation of of money and uh, services will be rendered to um to the ordinary south africans thank you very much and and a final word ronald lamula you went last in the first uh last in the first round you lost again but uh the issues of ethics morality culture of non-payment the anc's position the ANC has the foundations in terms of laws in terms of to deal with corruption constitutionally there must be due process and in the past years there have been people that have been convicted for corruption even senior leaders of the ANC in the in, in, in for corruption and we have been very clear that uh, a criminal justice cluster must act without fear or favor and uh, hey I hear my colleague says the good has intervened in terms of corruption the processes to deal with corruption must be independent it must be free of any political influence the NPA and everyone must act without fear of any political influence or any kind of prejudice. We, 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 even internally in the ANC, we have elevated the issue of morality beyond the constitutional prescripts. That's why we have established what we call our own integrity committee, which deals with the ethical behavior of within the party, even people who have not been found guilty or who have not been uh, found of any transgression. To, to be able to respond to ethical issues in society. Last 30 seconds, the culture of non-payment. That is a culture that we must all work together as a society to uproot. And the Department of Cooperative Governance and ESCOM are in the process of building 
with in terms of expertise to collect revenue but also we've made a clear announcement in the counter that anyone who's owing a municipality must be able to pay but also the process of unbundling with regard to esco is also geared to help us in that regard because escom is a power generation entity which does not have really capacity to collect revenue so we are also working in that regard to strengthen that hand of uh, to enable us to collect when it it needs to with when it comes to issues of services to the people we're going to thank ronald lamula from the anc uh, thank you too to sam shabane from good and to yongama zigebe joining us from the udm uh, great contributions from all of them they're going to step away from the chairs i'll ask them to do that right away we're going to welcome two more guests nontlantla makuba is joining us from the ifp and bongani baloi is going to be with us from the democratic alliance if you can come and step up this is live radio so you're going to hear the sound of footsteps but i can assure you it's not floor crossing it's just rearranging the panels um and we're going to have an interesting conversation with our new guests in just a moment on much the same lines can i do my test i haven't done it for a while who is no longer undecided by the way can i ask you this would you tell me you don't have to by the way you could say no it's my undecided vote and it's as secret as a decisive vote let's welcome two new guests first of all we say a very good evening from the democratic alliance bongani baloy is the mayor of midval and he is with us tonight thanks for giving us your time thank you so much for having me on the show joining us from the ifp as i said nontlantla makuba is deputy national chairperson of the ifp women's brigade and also in the city of johannesburg is the mec for transport Ms. makuba welcome to you and thanks for your time as well Thank you very much, John. Let's start with you, uh, Ms. Makuba, the IFP. Uh, for roughly a minute, why would an undecided voter need to look at you again? Because presumably they've already looked at you once, as they have at all the other parties. Still not sure. Make them sure if you can in 60 seconds. Thank you very much, John. The IFP is built on a foundation of honesty. And I'm um, saying this, we... Um, built on the foundation of honesty based on our three pillars, that is our solid solidarity, freedom, and unity in diversity. We understand that as a, as a nation, we are diverse. We are from re different religious um, uh, groupings. We are from different races. At the end of the day, we have to respect each other. So we are also one political party that has been led by a leader who has never been pointed out on corruption. We have led, for an example, for the benefit of the younger voters who have who were not born in those days. We led Iguazul Natal for 19 years, and there was not even once an allegation of corruption when we were there. In the 10 years after democracy, we led in KZN. There were no allegations on our MECs that were there, that were laid against them. Okay, thank you, Bongani Boloi. Sixty seconds. Um, thank you so much. I think it's a healthy part of our democracy to have uh, young people and generally voters who are not sure and uncertain about who they must vote for. Yes. And this is a critical part of our democracy because a part of it is the anxiety which many of us feel, and that stems from the fact that we feel that this bus is going to crash very soon. So we're looking for alternatives elsewhere. 
So what we as a Democratic Alliance are saying is that our key focus is five things in the upcoming elections. One is to ensure that we eliminate corruption and state capture because that undermines everything that we want to do in this country if we don't deal with that decisively. Secondly, we want to create an honest and professional police service. Many of us here would understand how we and the experience we get when we engage with the police service from various angles, whether it's women, whether it's children and many others as well. And thirdly, is to create access to real and long-term job opportunities directly linked to an economy and linked to our economic solution in that respect and our policy. The fourth part, which is part which is really uncomfortable to speak about, is the issue of securing our borders, which is quite critical for us as a country to ensure that we maintain the integrity of our country and our borders. The fifth promise is to speed up service, uh, uh, basic service delivery. So these in the main are five focus areas for these elections, but underpinned by a, a bouquet of our, of our uh, economic policy and various party policies, which translates and will manifest himself in particular ways. Okay, uh, I, I remain really impressed by how everybody, when I say do it in a minute, it's like political speed dating. Like, but, but there's no, I'm not ringing any bells. Um, I can promise you I don't have a stick that I'm poking people in the ribs with. Thank you to, to all the political parties for really getting the need to get their message across as crisply as possible. Now, of course, somebody has to give me a time limit because I tend to talk too much. Let's take a brief commercial break. We're back in a moment on 95.9. Elections 2019 on Kaya FM, the informed choice. Okay, Afropolitans, welcome back. This is a fascinating conversation. We set aside an extra hour. Uh, the show today with John Pullman going from 6 to 8 instead of 6 to 7. We could probably use another hour, but we're going to use the 35 minutes that we have as well as we possibly can. Up on the stage, representing political parties, just to reintroduce them, Bongani Baloy, who's Midvale Mayor uh, and representing the DA, Nontlantla Makuba is Deputy National Chair of the IFP Women's Brigade and uh, MEC for Transport in the city of Johannesburg. Before I go back to the floor and go to the audience, I want to just both ask of you, ask of you from your party's perspective 90 seconds if you can on how you're going to create jobs in our country mr beloy will you go first on that certainly look i think the precondition we must understand the precondition for creating jobs one is policy certainty one is uh, governance and stability as well and law enforcement so people must have the appreciation that if they invest in a particular country to the environment is conducive because they can rely on the laws and predictability and policy certainty of, of the country so we must provide the infrastructure and to ensure that we support small businesses because they're the bulk they're the ones who will create the bulk of the uh, employment opportunities so ours is firstly to create a conducive environment which is many layers in that to allow for those actors who is their jobs to do business to do business as quickly as possible removing frustrations and ensure that we deal with the issue of education which ties directly to our economic growth and lack thereof okay well that was 37 seconds you've obviously been practicing i'll give you the more time later um miss makuba ifp and jobs what are you guys going to do what are you promising thank you i think it is important that before we create jobs we need to actually um find out uh who are the unemployed what type of jobs are in need what type of skills do they have so that is why this the ifp is saying that will create a national provincial and municipal based registry of unemployment and we will also do a skills um register so that we know if it's in the Gauteng province we need to be able to know that so many 
uh, graduates in Gauteng are unemployed and they are specialists in the following fields. So in order for us to create, to then uh, be able as government and to also um, um, in, in the engagements that we have with our, our private, the private sector, uh, the funders, we must be able to know who is unemployed and where that person is. Okay, great. Yes, ma'am, uh, back to the undecided voters Hi, here with John. us at KFM. Good evening. Introduce yourself and make your thoughts known. I'm Amanda Moropa, and um, yes, I am undecided. I voted three times, and so one was NC and the other was for DA. I stay in Alex. We've been experiencing a shutdown for the past, I think, two to three weeks now. Now, it's based on the Alexander renewal I think it was the money that was supposed to be done or some kind of issue like that. And at this point, there's still no answer. It's about he said, she said, this one must come, that one must come. So there's no issue to say what's happening. Service yes. delivery, yes, it's still poor, definitely. And um, so I have a couple of issues. So that's the first one, service delivery. And the other one is uh, based on uh, people building illegal homes and you know with that being based it's like if we're building illegal homes um there are ones that are legal and for people to actually move in you have yes. to pay um maximum pay somebody other than who them. should yes. be getting the it's money like yes a, basically they say it's a rtp house so they say and then uh with rtp it's three thousand that you pay when you come back home someone else is inside your house right though you paid um and uh the other issue is that, so recently my sisters have been volunteering for like government and helping with uh, HIV patients going to their homes. Now, um, I know it's a volunteer, but however, with payment, you still need to pay people a stampered or a certain amount, you know, such, such things need to be seen. And with payment, there's always like, like again, he said, she said issues, people have been taken from one post to another, and there's no real answer. Like, I mean, like, even now, nobody can tell us where the renewal money is. Okay. Thank you very much. Anyone else with a hand up who'd like a microphone? Who's got a microphone? Okay, let's pass those along. Uh, lots and lots of hands. Okay. Um, can I just say, everybody, put your hands up um, a little bit earlier, and then we can get the microphone to you straight away. But good evening, ma'am, and welcome. Hi. Uh, my name is Lesejo Mudisa King. Um, I'll, I think I'll speak on behalf of uh, women my age. I'm 38 years old. I'm from Soweto. I voted three times, I think, if not four times. Um, the state of the country is really disappointing to um, women my age, who are mothers, most of us. And um, really, from what Vicky was saying earlier on about women, I would ask a question like, what is the purpose of NC Women's League, mm -hmm. if maybe they can answer that for me. And, um, you know, when it comes to education, let me say post-94, um, as a young girl, when I looked around and asked why is this happening and everything, we were told that now we're going to have equality and all that. The first thing that came to mind, I mean, looking at multiracial schools and stuff, to me, that's what I actually looked at the schools around Soweto and I thought, oh, so we're going to have a similar situation then going forward. That's what yes. it meant to me. I mean, when I go back home, I no longer stay in Soweto, but I visit Soweto almost every weekend, like all Sowetans, we do that. Um, and 
my par- my grandparents' house happened to be opposite a, one of the high schools in Zone 9, Muirlands. And when I look at the state of that school, it's really disappointing. So when it comes to education, really, I feel that our government has really failed us. And failing education, you really have failed a nation. So you know, let, me, let me ask you this question, because, Lisa, you've, you've set out what you feel has gone wrong and what you're disappointed in. Yeah. My question for you would be this. If you know what you don't like, I would have thought that you would easily, from 47 other political parties, I hope I've got the numbers right, at least find somebody. Why do you think you're still undecided? I think I'm still undecided because, hey, they are very good when it comes to talking, all of them. (laughs) And uh, what they say and what they do doesn't align. And for that, they've lost a lot of credibility from people like me. And uh, I really don't believe in them. And today I came here with a mind that, you know what, I believe that uh, if people don't change, I have to change. That's what I do. I mean, even if someone uh, does, uh, continuously does things that, you know, I don't like and stuff, I'll give you chances. But then there comes a time where if you don't change, then I change. And usually you will start changing. So in this case, I'm saying... um, Watch out to this party that I've been I've been voting for all along. Yes. I'm very are you, are you angry. I'm who? very disappointed. Yeah. And now I'm looking at this and I'm saying to myself now, maybe then I need to do something different for me to get different results. And that different is something that's never been in power before. Okay. It is something totally different. They better think. Start thinking right now. I'm still undecided, by the way. Yeah. I I, I have to say though, you are the most decisive, undecided person yes. I've ever heard from. And most Tawetans and women you, my age are exactly the same the way I am. Why don't you start the undecided party? I mean, <laughs> you've got, it's too late, but maybe next local government elections. I think there's a real opportunity for you. I, I'll come to the floor in a moment and we'll give you more of a chance. But let's get to the panel because education, uh, the other three parties, it's, it's a major electoral issue um, and you guys didn't get a shot at that. So, Let's, let's give it, I can't remember who went first, but uh, Mr. I, I think it was you, Mr. Baloy. So let's hear from the IFP on education and then the DA after that, please. Thank you very much, John. Um, education is necessary to bridge inequalities in our society. And it also secures a rightful place in the global community for us. So um, I like the points that were made by one of the uh, speakers, um, the undecided voters, about the infrastructure, our school's infrastructure. It has dilapidated over the years. And in our policy under education as the IFP, we have one point that says we have to, we will regularly maintain our school infrastructure and also develop um, development of the of the infrastructure that will include libraries. Make sure that our schools have got libraries, things like libraries, sport fa- adequate sport facilities and facilities for arts. And another issue that is very important and it's a burning issue on education is the security in our schools. We have seen a number of um, um, learners uh, beating their teachers yes and we are saying we will make sure that in each and every school we do have security that is there 20 whilst the kids and the learners are still there and we are saying uh, we need to provide adequate facilities and support for learners with special needs these are some of the points that we have 
in our manifesto under education. Democratic Alliance, Mr. Baloy, education. Um, thank you. The, I think uh, the, the other speaker spoke about the quality of education and probably the ANC made the point that access has probably grown. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, those who started in 2011 is about 1.3 learners registered in 2001, sorry. And those who, who finished their metric, out of that, close to about 619,000 of them dropped out. So if you look at, take into consideration the final pass mark, including those who dropped out, and you ask yourself, where are they? Which gives us more chilling nights. So what are we doing as a political party? What is our alternative? One is to say, over and above access, what, let's be quality education. Because the worst thing that has happened with our education, we've actually dumbed down education for black people, made it even worse. There's been a cut there. Even though we spent billions and millions on education, but the quality has been the worst thing and most pathetic thing we've given to a black child. And this has, done, has been done deliberately. And secondly, we are saying we're going to align education outcomes to the world of work because the environment is changing all the time. If we don't adapt, how are we going to even survive? Over and above that, there's the support required for infrastructure, strong curriculum, strong teachers as well, and dealing with the uncomfortable question of this, the union of, of, of educators. Because how can you find educators outside of the school and while they should be teaching. And you find the very same educators, their children are not in that same environment. They are elsewhere in multiracial and better schools. So there has to be, one, a concerted decision to say we're going to stop this nonsense education being fed to black children. It's a disinvestment. It does not work for any of us. It keeps our people dependent on the state. That's something we must deal with decisively because it perpetuates and manifests itself in other ways. Okay, now... The, uh, Amanda raised a whole lot of different issues, issues around service delivery um, and the, the question of a failure, it seems to act on the illegality and the criminality that goes on in the housing system. On the one hand, people are allocated a house, then they find there are middlemen and women who they have to pay money to. Um, if you could address those two issues, and if we have a bit of time, we can look at the volunteers thing as well. But I want to go specifically on service delivery and illegality around the housing system. Also, the erection of illegal structures to the detriment of people who are in more settled neighborhoods. Let's start with the DA on that, please, Mr. Baloy. Look, sir, there's also... To, to guarantee service delivery, you need leadership that is serious about service delivery and not some type of way about it. So you need to ensure that one, you put measures in place, you, you spend your budget, you eliminate corruption out of the way to ensure that you, you invest in service delivery and uplift the lives of our people. So you would find that it's actually appalling that after so many years, close to 27 years, 25 years of democracy, we still have Alexandra the way it is, you still have Stelo the way it is, or Kailisha the way it is. It's appalling. We, we must ensure that we demand better from our politicians, including myself as well. So much of the money has actually been lost to corruption, as opposed to the money reaching the poorest of the poor, who are the ones who suffer in terms of corruption the most disproportionately than your richer or middle-class communities. So service delivery has to be followed through with ethical and ruthless uh, uh, um, uh, implementation. The issue of uh, bylaw enforcement is also quite important. So any enforcement of any of our laws requires strong leadership first. You can't on the one hand say you're going to enforce bylaws and enforce various things about the country or laws of the republic, and yet we are the ones who are seen to be supporting those who are breaking them. So, so even that says to our people, but how can we trust you? 
So we have to walk. I mean, what we say, we have to actually follow through and deliver on those. So there's processes in terms of our bylaws which allow for uh, preventing people and notifying them when they are building illegally and dealing with that, even going to a part of demolition as well. But the housing frustration issue is corruption. Where people sell houses and where people who should not be getting those houses who are not from our country are occupying those houses. Again, it goes back to what our focus as a party is that secure our borders and ensure that Home Affairs is doing its part and not contributing part of the corruption by selling documents to people who should not have those documents and who are not in the country properly. Okay, and from the IFP, uh, final thoughts on, on these issues that I've raised on Tlantla Makuba. Thank you very much. I just want to, to start on, on, on the crime and the safety. Um, I want to actually agree with our um, undecided voters that especially women and children, they are the ones who are living in fear in our country. They are not safe in their homes. They are not safe in their communities. They are not safe even at their places of work. So what we are saying as the IFP, we need to decentralize the policing power from national to provincial and local government. And we need to also create special courts for and train specialized uh, police officers to deal with corruption, to deal with GPV and drug uh, dr- drugs and, tra- and, and drug trafficking and things like human trafficking. And the contributing factor on this is the fact that we have porous borders. One of the undecided voters here is talking about illegal structures that are being built on the road in Alexander. I know what she's talking about as John has said that I'm the MMC for transport. I've been to Alex where we had wanted to fix some of the roads, but we are unable to because of the human rights of those people. You can't come and bulldoze them and say, move, we want to work here. So there's a whole lot of issues. And most of those people, when you find they they are foreign nationals, but they have human rights. So these are some of the issues that we need to look into. So that when people are saying services are not being brought to them, but there are other issues that are actually preventing those services to come to them at a, at a certain time. But all that we are saying is that we need to deploy more SANDF along our borders to cap the, the, the things that I've just said, human tra- trafficking, um, um, uh, cross-border and illicit trade on weapons and drugs and wildlife trafficking. Many thanks to Nontlantla Makuba joining us from the IFP, to Bongani Boloi joining us from the Democratic Alliance. In a moment, we get into the last part of our two-hour conversation on undecided voters. Quick indication, anyone who came in undecided who is no longer undecided. Elections 2019 on Kaya FM, the informed choice. Okay, welcome back as we enter the last part of our political discussion around why so many voters are undecided. What we're doing now is we're bringing back Mandisa Sotoza, Mtobisi Masinga, Zugo Komisa and Lusanda Mtongana. They got us going at the beginning of the show. And I'm going to throw this open to any of you who wants to come in first. What have you guys heard from the political parties that you didn't know and that has got you maybe thinking, hmm, this looks promising? Don't all rush. Yes, go ahead. Mtobisi, you first. Um, it hasn't got me going, 
but it's got me thinking. Great. Um, I liked the, the sentiments of the UDM in terms of education, um, in terms of uh, breaking down the syllabus and, and, and how they want to structure that. Um, on the other hand, hand um, I'm not too clear about other things. Moving on to other political parties, I was not very clear with most of them. Um, honestly speaking, um, the ruling party seems to be singing the same old story. Um, we've heard the song, we've danced to the beats, and it's nothing new. Uh, it's just an, another narrative. Um, when it comes to the DA, um, I, I, I heard all the their explanations and everything, but just reflecting on that, uh, I'm, I'm really concerned about the strengthening the borders because I'm not saying we shouldn't strengthen borders, but the narrative behind strengthening the borders always ignites the issue of um, xenophobia. Uh, how do you talk about strengthening the borders without talking to the issue of xenophobia? And that's not primarily the only issue. The issue of of, of fixing roads in Alex are just basic service uh, delivery issues. It's not because, yes, you have, you have um, people from outside the country that are there that are illegally occupying land, but the issue is services. Okay. I want anyone who's out in the audience who hasn't had a chance to speak and still wants to speak to put up your hand. Let's get the microphones to people straight away. I see one microphone there. Let's get another one. Uh, so, because I'm very mindful of time and I'm trying to avoid any delays on the mics. Okay. Um, anyone else who was in our original gang of four who wants to respond? Uh, yeah. Uh, so, so mine, Tete John, is um, I, I was listening to all the political parties and um, it got me thinking about um, the promises that are usually made during this time of the year and uh, this time or this season. There's always, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. it. It made me realize that all these political parties can can all come here and make these promises, but at the end of the day, if there's no timeline and this is what I said I'll do and the cutoff date, and if you didn't do this, this is what this this is me deciding which direction I'm going to take. Then we are going to constantly have the cycle over and over again, which made it even more difficult to choose which party I'm going to go for. Okay, well, obviously we're doing really well at getting the underside. The fence is still crowded. Um, so I believe I really believe that the show must go on, and um, we need to vote as citizens of South Africa because if we don't vote, our vote naturally goes to the leading party, um, whoever gets the most votes. But I feel like, as someone who's not really entrenched in the ANC and what they're doing, um, I heard a lot of acronyms that I couldn't understand. Right, and it goes back to the, what the lady was saying about talk is cheap. They continue to talk, and we'd like to see things like KPIs. That's um, speak on the service delivery time limitations we start here we end here and this is what we've done and we haven't done if we haven't done anything what are we doing to quicken the process so i'm 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 also hearing quite a lot of things but I, it has got me thinking yeah okay good mandisa last Hey. All right, let's go. Let's go out into the audience. Um, the, there's a couple of undecideds who I assume are still undecided because they didn't show their hands before. Yes, over to you, sir. Uh, tell us who you are and make your point. Okay. 
Okay, hi KFM. My name is Tisetson Pachele from Timbisa. So my question is regarding land reform and redistribution. None of the parties spoke about that and nobody from the audience spoke about that. I'm really surprised because as young people, we need to build homes, we need families, and then somewhere to stay. So what are the political parties doing about that? Why is that land not coming to the people? So, so let me ask you a question. I mean, you're an undecided voter. All the political parties, and thanks for making that point, they didn't speak on it tonight because I didn't ask them. So I just want to be fair to them. But why have none of them said enough on land to convince you that you should put an X next to their name? Okay, I think the problem comes with they're scared, fear. Because talking about land, you're touching on people's toes. <laughs> Nobody wants to give back the land to the correct people it has taken from. Now, as the black people, we need to buy back the land, which is not fair. That's my point. Okay, thanks. Yes, who else has a mic? Okay. Uh, Bumkaya. My name is Edmond and I'm from Boxback. Hi, Edmond. Um, basically, I've got three questions that I'd like to ask. The first one will be, is the current system actually working for us as the young people of this land? with all these 41 or plus political parties that are all there just to get a seat in parliament and do whatever they do that we see on TV almost every now and then. Is, is it really necessary for us to be participating in such a flawed system for me? You know, it, 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 it begs a lot of questions for me because I've had a lot of them say whatever they've said yesterday, which they still did not make any sense for me. And uh, secondly, I'll also want to know why is it that we only start knowing about most of these political parties when it's that year of the elections? Before that, we know nothing about them. But a couple of months before the elections, then there's thousands of them popping up from everywhere. And lastly, again, why has it taken the ANC so long to implement all the promises that they've made to us as their people? Thank you. Okay, thanks. So you remain undecided? Very much undecided, did, sir. Did, have you voted before in elections? Yes, I've voted three times before, and I've and, voted for the ANC. Okay, and now yes. you're still undecided. Yes, huh? sir. Okay, anyone else in the audience who hasn't had a chance to speak, who has a microphone and is ready to go? Yes, hi. Hi. Um, Ritimetsu Mpule. I voted twice. Both times I voted ANC because, let's be honest, ANC is like Coca-Cola. It's familiar. Sunlight, green bar, it's what we know. Part of my challenge is the age question. Mm-hmm. I think part of the gap that we're seeing with our political parties is some political leaders have been the face of their parties since 200 BC. And my main question is, how could you possibly fathom what somebody under the age of 30 is struggling with on a daily basis when you yourself have no understanding of it? I mean, some of our political leaders are 75 years. How are you understanding what an 18-year-old starting university who doesn't speak English is going through at university levels? I mean, I used to lecture and marking papers. English yes. is a huge factor. So my question is, when do you decide it's time to step down and let the young people who are aware of what's going on take the lead? Because I think that's the biggest factor for me. Okay, so we have got exactly four minutes left. And what I want to do with this time, because questions were raised, we're not going to have a chance to engage uh, with five parties on all those issues. There'll be a chance to chat afterwards, and obviously the campaigns will continue. But what I want to do is ask each of the five political parties to tell me what you have learned from this session. So, 
Who's going to go first? Otherwise, I'm going to pick you out. Oh, it would help if people had microphones. Okay, this is Shabane from Good. Has, what have you learned about voters and in particular undecided voters from the two hours you've spent with us tonight? Um, I've learned that, you know, people are tired of blah, blah, blah. They want action. They want something, you know, that is tangible, something that is workable, you know, solutions that are, you know, basic. And um, I think we, as the Good Party, uh, with the four policies, uh, four pillars of policies that we have, you know, the social, injustice, social justice, environmental justice, uh, economical justice, and um, um, social justice, economical justice, environmental justice, yes. and, um, you know, all the justice that we have. Um, we intend of, um, on, on resolving those issues uh, without, you know, blah, blah, blah. Okay, great. Bongani Baloy, you have a microphone. Um, thank you. I, I'll... I learned that we, we actually don't listen. And we, we may uh, conjure up solutions to perceive problems without really engaging young people uh, around here. And most of the young people here are those whom you would not traditionally find in our rallies in various other uh, platforms as well. And secondly, I learned that the... the well, it's something that's been there, the agitation of, of, of young people and voters that enough yes. is enough. Uh, beyond this talk, there has to be delivery. And most importantly, we have to do it quite speedily, enough to deal with the issues that affect our young people and very, many of our voters. Pass the microphone, if you will, along to Mr. Lamula. And uh, in the meanwhile, we'll hear from Mr. Zigebe from the UDM. What have you learned tonight, Mr. Zigebe? I've learned that uh, South Africans are not as shocked as our president continues to be. Um, they know exactly what they want and where they want to take this country forward. The only thing that's remaining is for us to be able to engage them and thorough engage them. Don't just listen and, and listen passively, but listen so that you can learn something and implement at the end of the day. So I believe that with our pillars, integrity, dignity and prosperity, we are somewhat going the right way. Great. Ronald Lamula from the African National Congress. What did you learn tonight? No, I've learned that uh, when we put a program, we need to put time frames and be clear in terms of deliverables, and there should be consequences for the failure to deliver. And um, I think in the past 25 years, we have had successes and failures. But I think what South Africans want to see is what then happened to the issues that we have failed to, in terms of holding people accountable, in terms of ensuring that where there have been a, a misdemeanor or indiscretions, there's clear action and the movement. I think that's what they expect us to, to do. And the last word goes to the Inkata Freedom Party. Over to you, ma'am. Thank you, John. Um, I've learned that uh, especially the young people have lost hope uh, because of um, a whole lot of number of things that have happened ever since we attained democracy in our country. And I've learned that um, we need to further engage. And uh, maybe the time that we had John here today was not enough, but we need to engage more in order for them to understand. Because one thing that we must understand is that change is very difficult. If you've been voting for one party for a very long time, to move on to another, it's not very easy. You'd want to satisfy yourself that where you're going, you're going to find something that is better than where you are coming from. So I've learned that we really need to engage further. And the fact that really and truly people are disappointed at what has been given to them. And um, they want change and they want it now. Okay. So I think we can all agree that the 
five political parties that took part, the UDM, good. I'm looking at them, going through them as they sit. The Democratic Alliance, the Carter Freedom Party, and the African National Congress, I think gave a really good account of themselves when we asked them to be brief and precise. They certainly did that really well. So our warm thanks to them. I think they made a great contribution. To the undecided voters who came here and gave of their time, shared their feelings, talked about some of their personal histories, uh, both in terms of politics and in terms of the way their lives have unfolded, they made a great contribution as well. What I've learned is that talking does make a difference. Of course, it has to because that's what I do for a living. But I honestly believe that this has been an incredibly productive conversation. I have learned an enormous amount about the voters out there. And one of the decisions we took at Kaya was that we wanted to put the voters a little bit more at the center of the election conversation than we have in past years. We've tended to follow parties, listen to what they say, and I think this was a very good step in the right direction. One more time, and I do it with no great hope, is there anyone out there who is no longer undecided? There we go. Yay. This, oh, I, I saw another hand, but she was just taking a picture. <laughs> we have converted one person from undecided to very decisive. From all of us here on the Today with John Pillman show on KFM 95.9, the station of the year, it's a very good night. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.